హలో హాయ్ దేర్ వెల్కమ్ టు గైడింగ్ వాయిస్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ సిరీస్ ది గైడింగ్ వాయిస్ ఫర్ ఎ బెటర్ ఫ్యూచర్ దిస్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఈస్ టు హెల్ప్ స్టూడెంట్స్ ఐటీ ఎంప్లాయీస్ ఆంటర్ప్రీనర్స్ టు షేప్ దేర్ కెరియర్స్ డియర్ లిస్నర్స్ ఇన్ ఎవ్రీ ఎపిసోడ్ వి ఇంటరాక్ట్ విత్ ఇండస్ట్రీ ఎక్స్పర్ట్స్ ఆర్ అకాడమిషియన్స్ ఆర్ కోచెస్ టు డ్రైవ్ సమ్ ఇన్సైట్ ఫుల్ కాన్వర్జేషన్స్ దట్ విల్ హెల్ప్ అవర్ ఆడియన్స్ లర్న్ గ్రేట్ థింగ్స్ ఆల్సో వి షేర్ అన్ ఇంట్రెస్టింగ్ ట్రివియా ఆర్ ఫన్ ఫ్యాక్ట్ అబౌట్ ది ఐటీ వర్ల్డ్ టువర్డ్స్ ద ఎండ్ Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. So today we are going to discuss the most relevant topic in the current unprecedented pandemic times, which is post-COVID employment opportunities. And we are pleased to welcome Samir to our show today. Samir Nagarajan is currently serving as Global President Human Resources with Cadilla Pharma. This interaction will be based on his overall professional industry experience spanning over three decades now. with prominent brands like Stanford Seed, Dabur, Unilever Sri Lanka, AstraZeneca, Hindustan Lever Limited, Microland and Novartis. Samir has a proven track record in strategic business partnering to deliver organizational outcomes. He is driven by a passion for people and performance and particularly interested in organizational efficiency and talent management. Samir's specific areas of interest include personal growth, leadership development, learning and employee relations. He has wide intercultural experiences spanning Asia, Europe, Africa and the North America. Samir, welcome to our show. Let's get started. Well, thank you Sudhakar and Naveen. It's a pleasure to be in conversation with you today. Delight to be talking to your uh, audience as well. Samir, can we briefly talk about your career journey? It would be great to know how you rose up to the rank of global HR head and president at a major pharmaceutical giant. Uh, I can tell you the steps that I took. I think and then uh, a little bit about the concept or the philosophy behind it. I think I after completing my BCom, I did an MBA in HR from XLRI Jamshedpur and I started my career with Hindustan Sivagaigi and then uh, actually did a brief stint with a computer company called Microland where I basically did a lot of hiring. After a year of hiring experience, what is now called talent acquisition, I joined AF Ferguson and Company as a consultant. that was when i started really uh, kind of spreading my wings so i i did consulting work in hr it market research systems and in parts of india as well as in the middle east and it was a terrific experience because i was worked a lot with cxos and ceos of various companies and learned uh, you know what the uh, top management perspective on hr and business is like that time i took stock of where i was in my career after 4 years and uh, decided that my long term ambition was to head hr in a manufacturing environment um so that was when i joined hindustan lever i think uh, you know it was always a dream of any hr professional to join a company like levers it was my dream as well and in the space of the next 7 years i did five roles uh, starting from a factory hr manager and then uh, a head office role in uh, employee relations and then hr i was the first hr manager for the foods businesses of levers and then i headed hr for a bunch of factories in daman and salwasa and then i was head of hr for modern foods which was a business acquired by the government of india 
from the government of India, sorry, and gave me a lot of M&A experience. Then I quit Levers and set up HR for a building materials company called BPB, India Gypsum Limited. It was terrific exposure in terms of actually setting up the function from scratch. Did a brief stint with AstraZeneca after that and then rejoined Levers as uh, head of employee relations, uh, managing industrial relations for uh, 35 factories, about 10,000 blue-collar workforce, contract labor, led a team of about 100 HR professionals at different levels and and I think I must have done something right because they sent me off to Switzerland after four and a half years to be HR director for the global supply chain. That was the start of my international experience about 10 years back. I did the role in Switzerland. I was based in Switzerland, but I was doing HR across entities in Europe and Asia and uh, the US. Came back, then moved to Unilever Sri Lanka as uh, director HR for Unilever Sri Lanka. Then quit levers and joined Darbar as head of HR for the international business based in Dubai. Then was a consultant with Stanford. Seed, which is basically pro bono work, working with Stanford's, uh, you know, the SMEs and family managed companies that they support as part of the entrepreneurship development program in India and Africa. And then joined uh, Kedela Pharma as global president of HR. And I think some of the things I've learned along the way, I think one thing that stood me in very good stead was that at, a, at an early age, so at, towards the end of my Ferguson stint, which was now about 25 years back, I set myself a goal. And I said I wanted to head HR in a manufacturing environment and I worked towards it. I think that's the first thing, which is that you need to have a long-term goal in mind and be clear about what it is uh, you want to achieve by the time your career is, you know, at its uh, peak. The second is, of course, to be flexible about how you get there. It took a variety of steps and it took, uh, sometimes I seem to be moving sideways and not necessarily forward, but I think as long as there is a design and as long as there is a plan and you can see the plan, I think you get there. And the third is, of course, to be open to a variety of experiences. I think uh, one of the things that worked very well for me was that I was open to role in different corners of India. I've worked uh, almost in every part of India. I've opened, I was open to roles outside India, so I never said no. So when I got the offer to option to go to Europe, I said yes. When I got the option to go to Sri Lanka, I said yes. Come to Dubai, I said yes. I think uh, that yes counts for a lot because it gives you a variety of experiences and a variety of uh, new people and new challenges that you can count on to develop your own capabilities. And I think the ability to reflect and move forward with those capabilities over a period of time is really what helps you reach where you do. Let me also clarify uh, that uh, I think you are talking about a global role with Cadilla. I think uh, it's interesting. I see it as one more step in another series of challenges. And of course, this is a truly different kind of challenge, uh, but very exciting. And that's what makes it meaningful for me. So that's, that's how I reached here to answer your question. Wow, that's the gamut of everything. HR, merger and acquisition, manufacturing, international experience. Yeah. Thank you for that summary, Samir. And I'm sure our audience are going to get benefited with this three-point mantra. Set clear goals and race against them. Be flexible in your approach and be open to a variety of experiences. Thank you. So Samir, how do you view the current situation post-COVID? Meaning, which sectors are going to get benefited and which will get impacted negatively and how it is going to impact the overall employment in post-COVID era. So, Sudhakar, you know, at the outset, I have this little joke. Um, towards the end of 2020, a lot of people were feeling very optimistic and lighthearted and saying that, you know, thank God 2020 is over. 
I can't wait for this year to get over and so on. And I would generally laugh to myself and I would ask, does the virus know that it's 31st December? Uh, and obviously the answer to that question is the virus does not know that it's 31st December. As far as the virus is concerned, there's an entire planet to occupy. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I'm not diminishing the efforts of a lot of scientists and healthcare workers who have, I think, taken extraordinary risks and uh, challenges in terms of managing the spread of the virus and containing it and helping people get better and uh, also in developing a vaccine. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit uncomfortable when people talk about post-COVID. I don't think we are still at the point where we can say post-COVID. We are still somewhere in the middle of COVID, hopefully towards the end. But I would still at the outset encourage you and all our listeners to be to continue to be ultra careful, whether it is masks or social distancing or washing and soaping your hands regularly or using sanitizers and so on. But that said, come to your question proper. I did, you know, early on in the pandemic, sometime in April or May last year, I did an informal survey amongst uh, 20, 15 to 20 HR heads in the UAE or in the Middle East primarily. So the obvious uh, qualifications, it was not a formally statistically validated survey. It was only in the UAE. It was you know, restricted to certain industries in terms of FNCG and retail and so on. But there were some things that came out very, very clearly. I think uh, one is in terms of industries that are doing well, look at the industries that have thrived right through the pandemic or, you know, have been relatively unaffected. I would not say maybe you've not got to the extent of saying thrive, but relatively unaffected. I think online retail, education technology, which is companies like, uh, you know, Baiju's and uh, Akash in India and of course, across the world, I think Linda, Skillshare and so on have done extraordinarily well. R&D work has not suffered at all. Pharma as an industry has been generally stable. I think while there are individual players that have been affected positively or negatively by the developments of the last 18 months, uh, the industry as a whole is, I think, to a large extent uh, thriving. And then uh, online uh, shopping. I think uh, while I was in the UAE, you know, the UAE was largely a market divided between two or three large online uh, retail players. But in the last 18 months alone, there have been two new players, very disruptive players who have emerged, two uh, and most likely three that have emerged and have, you know, kind of uh, begun disrupting the marketplace. So a lot of industries, if you ask me, are doing very well. I think some industries are definitely badly affected. I think brick and mortar retail, uh, hospitality, uh, I think uh, all your uh, classical kind of uh, industries have been affected. Some of them, again, individual players have not always been affected badly because some have responded dramatically fast to issues of working from home, ensuring that they're keeping their employees well-educated on matters of health, making sure that their customers are not impacted severely or negatively, and uh, overall making sure that they are creating a better place to work on the whole. So so if you look at it, I think uh, a lot of industries are doing well. A lot of industries have been negatively affected. I don't think there's any room for complacency. Even the industries that I'm calling out as, you know, industries that have not been badly affected or negatively affected, I think if they get complacent, there could be problems going ahead. But uh, clearly, if you take an industry by industry view, I think there are those that are thriving and racing ahead. There are those that are in stasis and are not badly affected, not positively affected, are surviving and are waiting for things to get better. And of course, yes, there are those industries that have been badly affected and and there's really a question in terms of the staying power of those companies going forward. So I think you see all three around you, depending on how far you look. Samir, those are wonderful insights. You spoke about various industries 
sectors and how covid has impacted them and in fact you have brought a very valid point saying that 2020 is not an end to the pandemic we may be in the middle of the pandemic so you also spoke about work from home can we talk a little bit about the nature of work because today we are hearing about gig economy remote work quite a lot so what is your opinion on that irrevocably changed if you ask me for the first issue i think working from home has become a reality for most industries i think you know the underlying behavioral issues or attitudinal issues on working from home are several i think on the part of employers there are uh, issues of uh, trust that need to be resolved you know do you really trust people enough to have them work from home and to give of their best i think in terms of equipping employees to work from home which is uh, not just the software but also the hardware in terms of you know the the kind of chair you use the kind of table you have the kind of you know how sound insulated your environment is the entire i think the concept of being able to work in an uninterrupted manner from home which in some of our more crowded cities and urban metropolises like bombay and delhi for example can be a real challenge uh, in terms of how you work uh, from home i think i would add to that if you layer it at another level at an organizational level working from home is actually a great way of enhancing diversity and inclusion because uh, if you look at uh, workplaces our workplaces physical workplaces have not always kept pace with the times and i'm speaking in a very general kind of way of course there are industries and individual players who are very very much with the times and you keep hearing about the googles and cadilla farmers and uh, you know microsofts of the world but uh, there are several others who are not uh, probably as advanced as we are and rather than investing heavily in upgrading workplaces now there's quite a possibility that because people can work from home and therefore to that extent the organizational investment in physical upgrade is not to that extent required the third huge benefit i see is that uh, with people working from home organizations can realize savings on space and again in the same crowded metropolises if you can save 50% of your office space then that is hard cash that you are saving which you can reinvest in the business and i think from therefore from a business's point of view there is no going back i think uh, organizations that have figured out the trick in terms of how to make working from home work are really going to be at financially at an edge ahead and will realize that working from home means real money based on the table and available to the business gig economy i think i think concepts in terms of work have are going to change uh, dramatically because uh, one of the big things i've seen in the last 15 to 18 months is that you know earlier in india there used to be a sense of shame around saying that you've lost your job it was considered almost automatically assumed that there's something wrong with you therefore you lost your job that has undergone a sea change i think in the last 18 months a number of people i've seen or in the last 15 months sorry you simply stand up and say i lost my job because of covid can you help and this is not just in face to face conversations it's also across social media look at linkedin with its uh, tag of you know you can choose to say that you're open to work which is basically just a polite way of saying that you've lost your job and you are in desperate need of another one or even the number of people who are posting saying that we need help and can you please offer it to us i see that as an encouraging sign because it means that there's a certain amount of stigma and gossip and rumor that we are dropping around the entire tag of losing your job because let's face it you don't always lose a job in fact most of the time you don't lose a job because there's something wrong with you it's simply a mismatch between organizational needs and individual aspirations or in this case that the economy has gone bottom up and uh, therefore you are without a job so i think yes we're going to see more of gig economy we're going to see more of temporary work we're going to see more of contractual work at all levels and therefore a reorientation of ecosystem economic socio economic ecosystem in terms of what employment means even before 
COVID, there was, you know, research had shown that in the current generation entering the workforce, they would be, they would have three or four careers in a lifetime, not just jobs, but careers. And I think that process is only going to get accentuated. Finally, I think even at the meta country level, there's going to be a reorientation of how work happens in an international sense. Because, uh, for example, one of the countries in the Middle East has basically announced a policy saying that if you can prove that you are working from home anywhere in the world and and proof means what you get a letter from your employer saying that you're entitled to work from home and with a certain minimum salary you can get a visa to live in this country on a work from home basis now what does this mean for taxation what does this mean for citizenship what does this mean for uh, you know investments now these are questions that i think countries as a whole will also need to grapple with going forward so you can see that there's a challenge in the nature of work that's going to emerge and erupt at every level it's going to erupt at the level of the individual at the level of organizations at the level of uh, companies and at the level of com- countries as a whole so i think yes so come back to my starting point the nature of work has changed irrevocably it's never going to go back to the start all right samir you also touched about diversity and inclusion which is very very sensitive right so it will help us in bringing the right balance in the current arena so what is your opinion about that Well, I think, you know, I would make a couple of qualifying comments there. I think if you look at India as a country, we are by nature diverse and we are by nature inclusive. We have never had to, you know, we have never dealt with the situation of being unitary as other countries have or as other economies have. Whether you look at region, language, religion, ethnicity, gender, we have always been diverse and that is, uh, I think, never going to change. I think it's only going to remain as substantial going forward. Uh, What has changed, I think, think is that the overall regulatory climate the uh, legislative climate has changed with the for example the ruling from the supreme court on section 377 uh, for example or the earlier rulings from the supreme court in the case of vishakha which actually set the groundwork for uh, i think gender diversity and inclusion across the country so i think largely it is uh, a reality that we are diverse and i think organizations will move forward rapidly in terms of keeping pace with uh, changes in the external uh, environment i think sometimes organ organizations need uh, that little bit of encouragement to uh, move things forward and to make sure that they are more diverse and inclusive and i see that no change in that i think that will continue absolutely it does because this diversity and inclusion as an initiative is being driven across the organizations across the globe so india definitely brings in that uh, inbuilt diversified culture ethnicity and backgrounds that you talked about and not to forget the language because along with language you come with your own perceptions and perspectives yeah so samir moving on what should the job aspirants do differently to be employable in near future like couple of years 2022 23 and how can they stay relevant what do they need to do in order to be employable and how can they stay relevant i think uh, it's more in terms of skills and capabilities you know that uh, cannot change i think there's going to be a need to keep acquiring skills and capabilities and i'm reminded of not so long back i think uh, 15 20 years back if you had career and a set of skills that you thought were uh, you know made you employable you could simply continue with that over a period of time in fact for a lifetime but i think uh, the implication of having changes in the nature of work and the nature of employment over a period of time is that you will see that you will see that uh, people will have to keep uh, renewing their skills and capabilities and acquiring new skills and capabilities every few years and i think that is what is going to keep them employable over a lifetime 
sure thank you samir with every challenge there will be some opportunities as well so in this vuka world what should the companies including the startups or entrepreneurs focus on to attract the right talent yeah i think the question is you know in terms of uh, the employer brand what your brand means to employees and candidates and uh, the employee the employment value proposition i think those will undergo significant changes because we've got a generation that has you know been through a very uh, life changing kind of event and the, as i said the nature of work is getting completely reoriented at different levels so i think uh, the reasons for people to work is going to be very different and i think organizations will therefore need to come to grips with what is it that people are looking out for why does someone want to work with you and the answers today are not going to be the same as they were 24 months back and based on that i think in terms of changing the employee value proposition and communicating that more effectively across a variety of media across a whole lot of you know reliance on non face to face and non personal contact methods are things really that we will need to do in terms of making it happen yeah so that does that answer your question So Samir one final question for today's episode what is your one piece of advice to those who are aspiring to make big in their careers Oh I always say follow your passion do what you think uh, really makes you happy uh, the recognition the making it big all those are titles those are uh, you know frills that the world gives you it's not what you give yourself at the end of the day you should do what makes you happy and chase what gives you satisfaction as long as you're doing that you're on the right path that would be my single word of advice right Wow that is really profound thank you Samir thank you so much for joining us today it was a great talk about post covid employment opportunities and in general the overall opportunities for the job aspirants thank you very much for your time thank you thank you navin thank you sudhakar it's been great talking to you and uh, i really enjoyed this conversation thanks a lot dear listeners To know more about our speaker and the content, refer to the show notes and visit or follow us on social media. We are available on LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Pinterest, and also on YouTube. Just search for the Guiding Voice and then follow, like, subscribe to us, and also share within your network. In addition, please feel free to email us at the Guiding Voice for You. That is T H E G U I D I N G V O I C E. for as a digit you as a letter at gmail.com or whatsapp us on india number 94945871871 that is india number 94945871871 and we will be happy to collaborate with you hey sudhakar can you talk about the exciting opportunity of featuring our audience on this show sure navin So guys, off late we have been receiving a lot of career guidance related questions from our regular listeners through YouTube, LinkedIn comments, WhatsApp and email and we are responding to them on one on one basis. Now, we are pleased to open up a new mode of interacting with you all while providing a chance to broadcast yourself. If you have any questions related to education, career guidance or a specific IT function, just send your voice message through speakpipe.com/theguidingvoice. We will play your question in your own voice along with the answer either from us or our expert panel in our future episodes. Hope you will utilize this wonderful opportunity. 
All right, so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode, and today's trivia is about a company called Xerox. The first thing that comes to our mind when we come across Xerox is a photocopy, because everybody knows that it is a company that manufactures photocopy machines, and Xerox and photocopy words have become synonymous. That's how popular Xerox company is. But there is a least known fact about. Xerox they are pioneers in technology implementation and they have done a lot of research with regard to personal computer GUI the graphical user interface handheld mouse and ethernet you know all these technologies were first built at Xerox corporation interesting isn't it thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned have a wonderful time take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off <laughs>